Record. Uh, Test. There we go. Bloop. <laughs> <laughs> Three. Please put that in. Please will, put that in. I will. Test. I will. Test. Bloop. <laughs> And here comes the truth And here comes your favorite podcast Always still made for you Cardi said you had something good No, I didn't say it was good Let's go, oh, you you think you found the winning recipe finally I think, well, yeah, okay So this is a podcast, right? And I think podcasting is a dying breed The new thing, Pod Blanc Pod what? what? Pod blanc. Like French French. for white? White. White pod. White supremacy, man. It's a podcast about white supremacy. Are you serious? Yeah, that's the new hotness right now. So this hits close to home because being in (laughs) Manitoba here, um, not in my perspective on my geography. So Leaf, North Dakota. I live right by North Dakota. You think those people are pretty similar to us? So not really, Got to be pretty boring folk. Yeah. So, in Leaf, North Dakota, there was 28 people. So it's a pretty small town. And as of well, that's how you get a good Haiti, Haiti, whitey, whitey groups. Most of the time, it's in those towns of 28. Well, that f- it used to be booming. Not a lot of good things come from towns 28. <laughs> A lot, of pregnant, a lot of pregnant daughters and a lot of our ATV accidents. <laughs> exactly. Well, I guess there's been a lot of ATV accidents because now it's a town of 16. Now, of those 16 people, there's one black man in town. Oh! And a white wife. Now, do you know what the medium household income is here? It's insane. It's $12,000 a year per household. So that's not per person. That's per household. 12 G's a year. Yeah. So, like, the, the black guy in town is a welder, and I don't know what his wife does, but so legitimately he makes, like, 8,000 a year, and she makes, like, 4,000 or something. Like, I guess if you live in a town of 16, there's not too much welding opportunities. Yeah, well, and then what, what are your expenses? I guess you just... Yeah, you... you oh, that beer, can't be pretty Beer living. is pretty cheap. Beer is cheap down in the States, and that's probably all you need. You just got to stay well, drunk so and happy enough to get through the day without, exactly. welding your, without wanting to weld your face to something. <laughs> on uh, weekends, you can go to Carson, North Dakota. It's only five miles away. Take it by horseback or something. And there, the medium income is 19000 So, you know, all the rich folks in Carson. Living. <laughs> so I guess that's where you go to high school, and they're like, oh, you're from Leaf. So Carson is a new resident, this guy named Car- uh, Craig Cobb. Now, he's from Boston originally. He's about 50, 60 years old. Grew up pretty well off. His, his dad was a multi-millionaire businessman. And so after uh, growing up in Boston, he moves to Canada and learns, uh, learns the way of uh, white supremacy. From Canada? Yeah, I guess. I think you got to be born with it, though. Don't even start me with the born with it. (laughs) There's a whole nother debate. Anyway, so he 
you know, he bummed around to Vancouver, got arrested for a lot of hate speech, and started pod blanking white supremacy radio, where racism is his religion. Anyways, he's got a grand scheme, because he's got some money, right? His dad died, so he's got some inheritance. And so he moves to Leaf, North Dakota, the town with 16 people, and he's got a grand scheme. What's His idea is to take over the town, to bring in enough white supremacists that they can outvote the mayor and the town council. So he has bought up all the land, because obviously land is ridiculously cheap. And um, since there used to be 28 people, now there's only 16. There's a lot of empty lots. And so he's buying lots like crazy. And he's like, we're going to get as much white supremacists, outvote the mayor, and just kick the black <laughs> down out of here. Oh, that's, <laughs> make it a safe, that's not fun for him. I know, make a safe haven for us white supremacists and neo-Nazis. Now, I don't think he understands, but, like, how much power does he legitimately think the mayor has? Like, what are they going to do? The, yeah, there's something called the Constitution and stuff that really comes into play here. Gets in the way of all of his dreams. It breaks all of his dreams. So this is where the story starts to get interesting. Last month, the Trisha Goddard show. I don't know if you've heard about it. I don't know how much daytime TV show you watch. But she is Maury Povich's protege. And so it looks like he Maureen's used to be a real journalist, you know. <laughs> is, he, he's married to a real journalist. He's married to Connie Chung, right? Yeah, but his dad, I think, was, I think, like the editor of the Washington Post. Oh, Back in the day, like- I think he actually had. I think Maury actually did stuff before he just <laughs> had a big old laugh at life. He's he's doing stuff, man. He's making straight cash. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't worry about Maury. Maury's doing all right. I love him. I watched him for years when I was a kid. So his protege is Trisha Goddard. She is got a British accent, and she is black. And so she invites uh, Craig Cobb onto the show last month, and they spent 33 minutes interviewing him and showing videos of Lee. North Dakota and, and getting his general perception of everything and letting him have his say and he really got his message out there and he you know left the interview feeling really good about himself and she got a lot of ratings and a lot of controversy so she was feeling good too so just a couple of days ago she invited him back like you know it was good for business it was good for you, you got your message out why don't you come back on the show and he's like absolutely oh no and she's like well this is Maury right so what's what's Maury most known for Who's the daddy? You were not the. Who's the daddy? You were not the father. So he, she's like, hey, why don't you uh, get a blood test? You know, like that's what we do on this show. And he's like, okay, <laughs> sure. So he and just gets a so, random blood test. I don't. I really know what happened here, but he got a blood test, and then so they talk about his white supremacist movement. How two people have moved out to Leaf, North Dakota now. Um about his show and then all of a sudden the results are in she's got the envelope and he's like what's going on here uh, am i the father she's like no we did a dna background on you you're part black 86 percent european descent <laughs> and he's like oh, okay and then she's like and you are also 14 percent sub-saharan african <laughs> descent 
And she stands up, gets in his face, and goes, what's up, bro? And fist bumps him, and he just loses his mind. This is like a Chappelle show. (laughs) It's the exact same thing as Chappelle show. Chappelle had the, the white supremacist who turned out to be black and blind. This is the same thing. The exact same thing. So he calls it statistical noise and he's flipping out. So it's very good. He got what was coming to him. He's no longer the pure, pure saint of North Dakota anymore. Mike Tyson's been back with his um, Vegas show. (laughs) Vegas one man show. Um, HBO, I think, was had it on last. It has it on last week, at the okay, time of this okay. recording. But if you go read the interview with him in Rolling Stone online, oh, okay, it's I'll, the greatest interview of all time. He confirms. Yes, that's the whole. His us. whole interview is the exact same Rick James and Prince stories that we all know. <laughs> Wait, <Endless>. what? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I was there, and Pr- Prince was bawling in like high-heeled boots, and just and killing, killing Charlie Murphy. Yeah, it's <laughs> like I don't know how he was doing it. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and how uh. he says Charlie turned around and pow. Rick hit him so hard that you could see the impression RJ from Rick's big diamond ring on Charlie's face. I bet you he didn't punch Mike Tyson. I can guarantee you. No. Guarantee you, no matter how coked out Rick was, he never thought of taking it. He never asked. He never asked Mike what the five fingers said to the face. No, I'm he, sure he didn't. He never asked him. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Prince had his high heels on and still hitting every bucket. Swoosh, swoosh. Now, with Mike Tyson, though, do you... This reminds me of Ash. Do you think <laughs> Mike Tyson is actually recalling these events or he watched an episode of Chappelle's and he's sort of thinking that was his life? He's sort of getting confused. Oh, I bet you he was there. That sounds like right like the Rick James crew. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, Charlie Murphy, Rick James, Prince, and... Mike Tyson, like that. Damn it. Who was the best halftime performer? It was Prince. Well, no, it You're wasn't. You're the Colts one. It was. Bruce was pretty good, but Prince was the best. Probably still Michael Jackson, yep. Oh, no. No, Michael was. Michael was. Uh, yeah. The best part of Mike. It was 1991, San Diego, <laughs> Super Bowl. Were you even Just born? Like what are you doing? I'm telling you about the greatest Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show ever. Michael <laughs> explodes out of the stage just like Garth Brooks would, and he just strikes a pose. It literally like a minute and 18 seconds, no music. The band is looking at each other, waking, waiting for Michael's cue. Michael's just frozen like a statue. <laughs> and he's just waiting, and the crowd starts to get impatient. And Michael just keeps everybody waiting on the edge of their seats. Then he just like hit the music and just launches right into black and white. Black or white. Thanks for that, Super Carter's favorite Super Bowl <laughs> memory segment. Super Bowls he never attended. <laughs> and then screws up the name of the song. Black or white, yeah.
Jason the best Rick James story in this Mike Tyson article. Do okay, tell. So. <laughs> Who would be the funniest person Rick James would fight with in the world? Another black man, early 90s. MC Hammer? Famous TV show. Famous TV show. Urkel? Bill, Bill Cosby? Very close to Urkel. Who's the most similar person to Urkel? Mid-90s black TV show. There's nobody like Urkel. Oh, there's someone there's exactly nothing. like Urkel. A little show called Fresh Prince. Carlton? Carlton. Carlton Banks. Rick rolls up, slaps Mike Tyson high five, and then he looks at Carlton and he says, aren't you an actor? Boom. Just punches him right in the face. Yeah. And then he says, give me that effing beer. And he takes Carlton's beer. And Mike Tyson goes, Rick, this is a kid. You can't hit, him, hit a guy like that. Rick takes the bottle and takes a swig. He didn't care if the kid had herpes. <laughs> and then he turns and says, what up? Rick James had. What was wrong with him? <laughs> Carlton's like 17 at the time, the article says. Just boom. I think Carlton could might be face. able to whoop Rick James' ass, too. Mm-hmm. We've all seen him shirtless, right? Yeah, Carlton get, gets it done. Yeah, That was the, <laughs> the, the late years of Fresh Prince when he had to get naked every show. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was part of his contract. Rick doesn't care. Doesn't care how buff someone is. Yeah. Except Mike Tyson. So he's punched everybody in this story that he's come across except for one guy. Yeah, except for the one guy that would clearly kill him. Mike Tyson would just laugh if Rick James punched him. Maybe. Oh, if he had the RJ symbol embezzled in his forehead, I I don't think it would be a laughing matter. I think that would be the point of no return. He's never gotten in a fight with people, has he, in public? Mike? Yeah. Um, I don't. I know he's dumb, but I don't know if he's that stupid. I'm sure he has. He must know better. Cause like, oh man, that'd be nasty. I love how good he was. He was so cool. <laughs> he was a Nintendo game man. Mm-hmm. You the two-hour show, yeah. I think it stopped being shown now, but the two-hour early Mike Tyson career show his 10 second knockouts yeah <laughs> like his first 12 matches lasted like a minute and 80 seconds or a minute and 40 seconds i mean mm-hmm. combined mm-hmm. i'm surprised he never killed somebody man he could punch yeah. if you had the chance to get in the ring just to say you could no! With Tyson in those glory days, just it's gonna be ten seconds anyways. No. No, you, you could die. I'd die, you'd break you my could neck. Really die. The people he was beating <laughs> were like, you know, trained boxers who know how to take a punch. <laughs> well, they don't know my how to take a punch neck? any better than anybody. You've seen them get hit? They're not taking the punch. They're dying. They're <laughs> hitting their pants. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> their bowels are releasing. Yeah. <laughs> At least they've been punched. I guarantee before. you those guys are wearing diapers getting in the ring. <laughs> uh, some some thin depends because, man, it was all going to flow when he hit you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I don't know if I'd rather get kicked by an animal, kicked by a horse, <laughs> or punched by Mike Tyson. That's a legit. If it was a bull, I yeah. guess I'd rather get punched by Mike Tyson, but a horse? Yeah. 
horse well, save, wait, the save these, kill you. Save these thoughts. Second. I think you might, this, might need this to. Might be, this might be a bracket, you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this could be a bracket. <laughs> we were talking about before the show. It's like, hey, you know, we kind of overdid the brackets the first, like, four mm-hmm. episodes where we had three brackets. I don't know, people yeah. got a little sick. But it's been 118, 119 episodes since then. Mm-hmm. I think it's ready to bring back some uh, mm-hmm. classic segments. Simple would you rather, but yeah. Exactly. Oh my god. Okay. Speaking of throwbacks, I thought today's episode would be a complete, like just talking about episode three of the wisdom again. Because it all comes back. It really comes back, man. Episode three of the wisdom, what was it about? Ender's Game and Comic-Con. It looks like the number one movie at the box office right now. Well, yeah, that's a real thing now, right? Ender's Game. Everybody who listens to this show sees that trailer and goes, huh, I know that was a book before. They turn to their date and go, hey, listen, baby, you know that's a book? And they're like, oh, so-and-so, you're so smart. (laughs) And they're like, thanks, Wisdom. (laughs) I just, yeah. You know there's naked boys Where's in the naked boys in the shower? Then, then your date's yeah. like, okay. Yeah. No, movie Date's completely off. lost the plot. I the movie's was in just garbage? Last, I, was in, I was in Dauphin last week. It's fine. But the shower scene, he puts on a towel, the other guy stays fully clothed, and they, oh, bre- and they rumble. That's not right. That's the, that defeats the entire intimidation aspect of the naked boy shower fight. Exactly. Because yeah. that was mental terrorism. Yeah. Well, he's naked, so he says to... So, well, if I'm naked, you better get naked, too. I think that's a good... It's only fair. It's a good strategy. So, episode Complete, three. Yeah. Ender's Game. Jamie getting famous for his blog. Yeah. Jamaica News slash Carter fans all our international listeners. You know, Jamie... Prince get, Bracket. Jamie getting what famous, you, like, that changed his life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he like, made a business out of that. Exactly. He wrote a blog and made a business. And then we talked about Brent's podcast. I mean, Brent's bracket. And then we talked about Comic-Con and the origin of the Danza Flip. Well, me and Brent uh, went back to Comic-Con a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. How and many I ATMs did you have to stand in line for, Brent? None. None. Uh, I took. I stole some of my wife's cash and, and bought <laughs> comics with that. But nice. so I went out. I had a picture on my uh, phone of Tony of the flipping Danza and a picture of Tony Danza, and I was like, "Listen, I'm gonna there was I'm gonna get a real artist to do a, a new flipping Danza for the podcast." And so at the beginning of the night day, I came across these kids who were doing drawings for five dollars, and they're legitimate kids. And I was like, "Yeah, this is exactly a paid child <laughs> artist that I want to be drawing a flipping Danza." And you know what? I couldn't find them for the rest of the day. I looked everywhere for them. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. So anyways, so Brent their was there. Cruel, their cruel leader herded them up in the van <laughs> and was taken exactly. to the next Comic-Con and feeding them dog food. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why Brent was there and I met him at the door is he wanted to see Captain Sisko from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. So we meet at the door. I was like, let's go see Sisko. Let's do it. So Brent walks up to uh, Celebrity Alley, and Brent only had about an hour. His uh, his wife had taken Seth to um, the Children's <laughs> Museum, and he only had an hour, so he needed to get this done with quick. He paid his eighteen dollars entrance mm-hmm. fee, and he was there to see Cisco. Yeah. I was worried because there was a line like wrapping around the building. 
Yeah. That was all for Spike, though. From from uh, Buffy, yes. Mm-hmm. Trevor would have been tweaking out for that. We got pushed out of the way by security <laughs> guards. I got manhandled because I got in the way of who now? Yeah, so if you remember the story, I talked about uh, walking around university with my headphones on, pushing kids out of the way, and then I got pushed out of the way by all this security, and it turns out the governor general was in town, and I was like in his inner circle. (laughs) So the same thing happened. Me and Brent are walking towards Cisco, and these Comic-Con security guys start pushing, clear the area, clear the area. And uh, I'm like, oh, there must be someone uh, in a wheelchair behind us trying to get by. You know, I'll move. No, it was... uh, Ron Perlman, Hellboy, um, the guy from Sons of Anarchy. So very disappointing, man. You think he plays this big, tough biker in Sons of Anarchy, and he tank, can't take a couple nerds who come rush up to him and try to get his autograph? So I don't even know who he is. Oh, you'd recognize him if you see him, I'm sure. But you know who you would recognize, and you know who had no security? I'm going back after Brent had left, um, leaving the con. Bathroom door opens. Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man, oh, yeah? walks out, wiping his hands. He's all by himself. You know why? Any kid tried to mess with him? Million dollar dream sleeper hold. Boom, right there in the middle of the con. <laughs> Puts you right to sleep. If anybody touched him. I like how we Gelosa, thought there were yeah. wrestling moves that would make you go to sleep. Not choke you, you. to death. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew how there was a point where you just... You choke someone to death just enough, they instead just went to sleep. You know how many homicides could have been prevented without him? Like, if he didn't. There's probably so many people, so many husbands are just like, you know, just go to sleep. Or like Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer's just telling everybody not to fight it. Don't fight it. Don't Don't fight fight it, Curtis. Don't fight it. I'm just going to give you a magic sleeping neck choke, not the kill you kind. Yeah, Virgil was there too. Uh, he wasn't advertised though, but it was good to see him because uh, the, the sports website Deadspin has this thing called the Virgil Watch, and it's <laughs> just uh, re- readers take pictures of like Virgil in the subway setting up a sign mm-hmm. saying "Former WWF Superstar Virgil autographs twenty dollars," and he's just like sitting on a park bench in Central Park or in the subway. And it's really freaking sad, <laughs> and so they they you know have this. Uh, Every time there's a new signing, they put it up on the website. And so Virgil wasn't advertised. Like Goldberg was advertised. Ted DiBiase, Tommy Dreamer, they were all advertised right there next to uh, Ted DiBiase was Virgil. And I was like, so oh, he was right, just Ed. He was just cleaning up the leftovers. <laughs> he loves it when Ted takes him out. <laughs> you know, it's like, you mean I don't have to go to the subway and like beg for food? I could actually come and be a guest with Ted? Yeah. So, well, he might not have been advertised because he actually... Legitimately was not scheduled to be there. No, and they he probably just they flew p- himself down, paid for his eighteen dollar ticket, bought a ticket, and showed up at the wrestling event that the local wrestling company was having <laughs> during a match, and just got involved. It's <laughs> somebody with a chair. <laughs> okay, so, so back to the nine dollar man's in town. So I'm coming. Did he yeah. really do that? <laughs> Yes. Well, oh well I guess God. he was because the con case was like the flight. He's so, so sad. Ted got it's his, so sad. I, so Ted got his flight paid for and stuff, and his hotel paid for it. Him picked up from the airport and all that stuff, and uh, then he just makes his money doing autographs and pictures. And while well, Virgil had to pay for himself, I guess. And maybe Virgil cried, risked hey, Ted, it. Can I stay on the floor of your hotel? 
intense like no. storylines. One storyline Vince McMahon came up with '88, and I got this guy sleeping on the floor of my hotel room in 2013. <laughs> so forever, we got to be connected with this guy. Anyway, so that happened about 12:30, where we got pushed out of the way of security for Ron Perlman, and um, so we make our way to the autograph alley and uh, go to meet Cisco. So it's about 12:30. We pull up. Brent has only got an hour. Got to leave at 1:30. We see Cisco's booth. No one's there. So we get a little closer. Try to read the sign. Security comes over. He's like, "Excuse me, you can't be this close." And it's like, "Well, how am I supposed to read the freaking sign?" And it says, "Cisco is away on lunch. He will be back at 3:40." It's like it's three hours and ten minutes. And the entire Star Trek cast. We're talking Chekhov from the original Star Trek. So all these Star Trek dudes are just best buddies, and they go for three-hour freaking lunches. And so Brent's like, well, that's it. It's been fun. I got to get out of here. I got to leave. And I was like, no, Brent, stick around for a little bit at least. You paid $18. He's like, I came for one thing, and it's not here. So you can tell Brent was quite upset. It was that secret Brent upsetness like that's not so secret. Trevor talks about when, uh, when the Patriots lost Super Bowl oh, that was uh, 42. And, you know, I... I wasn't that big a football fan, and I was upset. But I was like, you know, good for Eli. You know, he's always living in his brother's shadow. Now he's got more Super Bowls than his brother. But, <coughs> um, you know, I could see the positives in that. But Brent, he just, you know, was quiet, and he just left. And so Brent kind of got quiet and uh, left Comic-Con. <laughs> Meanwhile, at about 1.30, guess who's back? Cisco. Cut his lunch break a little short to see the fans. So they announce it. I text Brent. I'm like, Brent, Cisco's back. And I get text back from Brent saying, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> and oh. it's just like, you know, I don't know what I was like. Because oh. I was like, well, do I text him saying, hey, guess what? If you would have just stuck around a little bit longer, you know, he would have been here. I thought you were texting. Or do I let him know? Like legitimately, back. like he's on his way back. He could, you know, he hasn't quite left the parking lot, you know. So, I, you know, I feel like a pretty big jerk after because Brent is just being a bit sarcastic. It's like, why would you have to tell me that? I think you did the right thing. I, th- I think I did, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It was a judgment call. And then about 20 minutes later, I get another text from Brent saying, okay, I'm waiting at the doors. I was like, okay, I'll meet you there. He's like, that was a text for my wife, not for you. <laughs> it was like, oh, I thought Brent, you know, came back and... It was all because of me that he'd have a chance to see Cisco. So, I, I you know didn't know what to feel. Didn't know if I uh, if I uh, did the right thing. But I uh, get home a few hours later. Brent calls me. He's like, you know what? I came back. I came back and I met Cisco, and that was just good. It was a good time. Are you lying? So Brent got to meet this man. No, he met him. Cool. Got his autograph. Talked mm-hmm. to him. What was my non-sarcastic? Nothing. Like, what do you say to like, hey, good show? Yeah, it was very awkward. Didn't even got that show. I got an American History X picture signed. I think that made him happy. So there's a guy nice. got a, got a nice picture of him with Eddie Norton. He's like, oh, you like that movie? I said yes, and that was about it. <laughs> you know, I was also a complete half mess because I. Well, had to walk like five blocks carrying Seth back. Oh, so you brought Seth back to the car? Yeah. I hauled nice. him there for a few seconds. 
and then just walked up there and walked up to him and then realized I was completely gassed, like walking up three flights of stairs after walking five blocks. <laughs> I feel like your son has been 25 pounds now, on your shoulder. Yeah. He's been but starved. I was also freaked blessed. out because Cisco Avery Brooks is, he's like born in central America. I checked this after. He's born in not central America, like central U.S., like Ohio or something like that. Okay. And he had a crazy Haitian accent. They didn't have on the show. Yeah. He had actually. He's had never had before. Yeah, it was like just, just like super straight. Yeah. So I don't know if he's going for play or something. Yeah, maybe he's just practicing for something. Yeah, that's what I figure, but it scared me. <laughs> Yeah, because in interviews yeah. and stuff, he's... Because he's I a bit he's, of a crazy guy. Like, you would throw on, like, the... He wasn't wear. He was wearing, like, crazy mate, like crazy old man black sunglasses, like, round black sunglasses. Oh, blue blockers. He, uh, so he's that type of... And, like, I could see him wearing, like, a... Like a one-piece African dress. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's his style, too. <laughs> you can see that. Maybe he's like uh, so. The whole Christian, persona sort of like just threw me for a loop. Like how Christian Bale uh, is obviously Welsh and has a crazy Welsh accent, but when he's playing Batman, you wouldn't know it. And when he's doing interviews about Batman, he talks with his American accent. But if he's just you know uh, talking about like a play or something over in England, then he's uh, in full Welsh mode. So maybe mm-hmm. in, when he does interviews in Star Trek, not to to really like draw attention that he's not Cisco, then he throws on the Cisco accent. I don't mm. know. Mm. But there's something maybe like to that extent. Okay. But yeah, no flipping dances. So Comic-Con was not a success. Mm-hmm. There's always next year though. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about getting like a Neil. Oh geez. What's his name? But he, he revolutionized Batman in the 1970s. So I thought maybe he could revolutionize the here comes some wisdom logo but he was expensive man he was 150 dollars for drawing and my favorite part was 10 dollars for a picture not you're not in that picture though it's just you standing in front of him with a cell phone taking a picture of him while he's sitting down (laughs) just to take a picture of him yes if you want to be in that picture it's a little more expensive than uh, 10 dollars so it's like, no, I, uh, Neil Adams, that's his name. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I could go on Google image search and uh, find basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Holy sh- Yeah. Um, it's once again, it's the worst place in the world. It is. It is. The never again. Never again. <laughs> You've never been to Kuwait. <laughs> I think one of the weird things, too, is how, like, it's all, like, girls, too. Surprising amount of like crappy artist girls running it now. And everyone, do you like the costumes, Brent? Everyone's like, man, the costumes here is just so unbelievable. I'm just here to look at the costumes. I don't. I have no desire for costumes and and uh, playing into attention-starved people's Mm -hmm. desire to get pictures taken of people. They have a cosplay competition in Kuwait. That is a whole yeah. new level of sad. <laughs> but it would, I guess that wouldn't have the 
It wouldn't just be dominated by naked girls. Yeah, have no, the girls dress up like girl characters, but completely veiled. Still, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little weird. Or at least had he had pieces. On. It's very confusing. Head you can look on it the up. Body like, suits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can you can look it up, but it's just like what? Some of them aren't even close to what they're trying to be. It's like no. Yeah. Can you at least have like tight clothing, or does it have to be like all billowy and stuff? So you can't be like Catwoman with a with a veil. There's like biki- bikini with a veil. No, don't think so. Okay. It's so a weird. Be... I'm Wonder Woman with a parka on. <laughs> this is a this is this is Wonder Woman in the North Pole uh, outfit seen in Wonder Woman 27, 1972. Hmm. I think if you just search Kuwait cosplay, you might get a couple. Mm-hmm. So do not. you think cosplay is turning into a pretty big thing? And with everything turning a little more PC, I've, I've wondered about this. And um, is Halloween going to exist in 20 years or is it going to be like cosplay day? Because, you know, so the dressing up can still remain, but the whole evil intentions... Mm-hmm. I think the internet's already killed the evil part of Halloween. Like, do you have to worry about kids running around egging your house anymore? Toilet papering it? Mm-hmm. Nobody does that anymore. Bring that back. They, have, they need to have a year of just that. pranks. <laughs> it's like everyone just stayed on Dota this year waiting for a special event to happen. <laughs> or anyway, Warcraft it, or it Minecraft, happen, I think right? that's... Yeah. No, no one, of the, one of the games didn't have a special event that everyone freaked out on, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter which, but I think the Minecraft and other things have sort of taken the edge off already. Yeah, like, we only get about 12, like, okay, where I live mm-hmm. is right next to an elementary school. Like, legitimate, if I have a kid in this house, they are walking, like, unsupervised to school, because we live that close, like, five uh, things away. And then, if you walk maybe ten minutes... One direction, another elementary school. You walk another 10 minutes, another elementary school. And uh, so you think, oh, you'd have tons of kids. No, I get like 12 kids to Halloween. Because mm-hmm. everyone just thinks... That you're the oh. scary dog house. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's, uh, the dogs are put away. Yeah? Um, There's five dogs outside smashing into the window. <laughs> <laughs> Bending oh, <no>. glass. <laughs> We're just going to skip this one. <laughs> no, uh... No, there's no one else on the streets and stuff, too. It's very odd. Very odd. Mm-hmm. I, people just drive. To, they have their own parties. And they just invite their, like, kid friends. Or they just dr- get in their parents' car and drive around to uh, friends that they know. People who aren't going to poison their kids. All right. And so did you guys in Halloween back and off in trick-or-treating? Did you... Uh, did you ever have the, well, let's go to the, 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 the rich part of town. Let's go to the big oh. houses. They give out the best candy. No, I just did did country. Just country? Oh, okay. So you get like a, f- a box of stuff. Pop, full chocolate bar, big bag of chips. Nice. Selection of candy at every farm. Nice. Huh. So you'd make up for the, the quantity of houses. With quality, they, yeah. Yes, quality of the treats. That's how I live my life. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's good, good way to live. 
Um, yeah, that that thinking is so flawed. Just because someone has a bigger house doesn't mean they're giving out the good candy. Actually, no, that person's probably a lot more in debt and really not that generous. <laughs> you got to stick to the houses, you know, mm-hmm. the modest, reasonable houses. That's where you want to hit. Mm-hmm. No, it's all about rich areas now. People are like setting up, like businesses set up tents on yards, giving out samples of products. Actually, yeah, you're just too far. Yeah, you're just too far removed from the game so this is like where you live when you no. took Seth out no but uh, from from what you hear mm-hmm. from other parents mm-hmm. sample products eh? yeah that makes sense you know there's Hershey and Noah Henry they'd oh. be like hey we got this new bar we're launching yeah why don't they launch in Halloween like free chocolate bar to everybody you know it's a good idea I like it patented why don't you send an email to dear O Henry <laughs> You should I got a great idea. Yeah, email every single chocolate bar. Free chocolate bars on Halloween. Yeah, I'm sure six-year-olds already do that on the internet. I would like you. Yeah, but he'd be more bar. sad from like a mid-20s. <laughs> yeah. Handwrite it, too. I'd put a picture. Yeah, I should do that. Like, Janelle uh, just got back from the States from a conference, and she brought me all these American chocolate bars. So good, guys. So good. White chocolate, zero bars, and... I don't know. I should. That I should sounds like hell. Okay. <laughs>